0: Okay, this is Ski manager Michael Gordon on All-Ireland club hurling final week. Michael, we'll talk about this run and, and where you are right now and what it means for, for, for eSki in a moment. But to educate people, in your mind, take us back to the beginning. Where do you think the genesis of this Ski hurling team, in your mind, begins? That's a fair question, all right.
1: Um, you, you could say there could be any point along the journey where it kind of kicked off. But if you're asking me about the origins of this, yeah, I suppose behind 12 years ago, we made a decision, three or four of us in the club, Tom Evans, myself, Pori Camlin and Demoiland, we kind of made a decision that it would be nice to have hurling available to the young lads and lassies hopefully down the track um, as, alongside of football. We felt it was very lopsided with football and that sometimes it could be just, uh, you know, not well-structured well at times, it dep- depending on the age groups, of course, and all the rest of it. I and mean, it could be sort of hit and miss. And we've also felt that, you know, that there was a want there for the Hurling uh, alongside the football. And so we introduced it and um, different dynamics, different things happened along the way that would have like, helped to build it up. Um, for example, we were fortunate enough to receive a, a grant from the Sports Council of Ireland back in probably circa 2010, to put in a sports floor and a sports hall in a disused factory, which became a sports hall, which was an excellent facility for indoor hurling. And uh, it was an arena that kids really found to be an exciting place to come to because there was something we could do all year round.
0: When I was growing up, when I think of E-Ski, I'd have thought about football and surfing. You know, you'd think Finton Feeney, Desi Sloyne. I mightn't have thought so much about hurling. Was that a misconception? Um, there, was, there was bits and pieces of hurling around Esky over the years
1: and different people from, would we'll say, hurling fraternities had come to Esky to work and had made some inroads in promoting the game in Esky, But there was never any proper structures put around hurling. So you are correct to say that about football being the dominant force simply because there was never any proper structures put around it um, before 10, 12 years ago. So yeah, football would have been the, the main game.
0: And did it take long for people to buy into this hurling renaissance? Um, not particularly, no, because, um, uh, you know,
1: the young, as I said to you uh, already, the indoor arena was a big thing for us at the beginning because it was somewhere we could bring kids, winter or summer, where they weren't getting wet, where their friends could come along. We had a viewing area as well, where the parents could come. We were able to run indoor primary school competitions in this area as well. And the, the excitement was built up fairly quickly and a lot of the kids and the parents bought into that excitement and enjoyment.
0: Yeah. If I was to signal the one biggest hurling transformation I've seen in Sligo, as somebody who was a 1980s kid, when I was a young fella, there weren't hurlies really around my club in North Sligo. Today, you see hurls and slithers and helmets on the side of the pitch in just about every club in Sligo right now. It, it, has that been the key to get Hurley's into kids' hands from a young age? Yes, of course. The, the idea is that
1: you make it available and uh, you know that it doesn't become something that feels like a foreign object. It's natural, it's there, it's at the pitch. This is where I have a big uh, belief about the, the Go Games and the um the GPOs. I, I think that all those Go Games, you know, the under-9s, under-11s, I think they should be dual, dual Go Games. I and for, and for boys and girls, I think this is something that I, I hope Stigel County Board buy into this concept more it's something I would love to sit down and have a chat with to, about to Lee Moog because I really believe that this is the way forward where kids can come they can do both they can do either or they can do neither but you're offering the choice and you're breaking it up for them so it's not monotonous and just the same old thing all the time and it really does uh, fill out the club
0: When you got these young East players together you know a small number of families, the Malloys, the Cawleys, the Gordons, etc, etc, the, the Weirs from St Farnans. You went travelling with this young collection of players. Why did you do that? That's a good, very good question, Austin, and uh, that's something,
1: again, that I always um, had an issue with, that from my own self, with say, growing up, and I know there was different times back then and that transport wasn't as ready, readily available and all the rest to it, but I'm talking about a time when we were probably Celtic Tiger times and when that, that wasn't an issue and I felt that kids needed exposure and I felt in order for them to physically and mentally develop better that they needed to be outside of their pocket and, and particularly if I was to be growing hurling they were pointless if I didn't bring them to hurling areas and so that for a start off they had a chance and an opportunity to see the level they needed to be at if they wanted to be a hurler and we did go all over the country effectively we played in Kilkenny we played in Limerick we played in Tipperary. We played in Antrim, in Dublin, uh, lots of times in Galway. We yes, that was something that was very we knew was very important to the whole the whole gig.
0: And how successful was
1: that? Uh, immensely successful, Austin. I mean, if I was to say to you, for example, we went down to Tipperary one year to a failure, and we played uh, on Kelly's team Mullinahone, and apart from playing Mullinahone and winning in Mullinahone, which we did, and to, to the surprise of the locals. But Owen Kelly, who was one of the very iconic figures of hurling at the time, Owen Kelly spent the whole day with those kids. Things like that—you, money can't buy that kind of stuff. So how important it was—it was—it was very important. Um, you know, we had a day in Kilkenny with the with the Kilkenny um trainer at the time, Pat O'Neill. He spent the whole day with these kids. This is Brian Cody's right-hand man spending a day with our kids. We had another day below in Ballyhill, in Ballyhill Shamrocks, where. Uh, where um, uh, T.J. Reid and Henry Shefflin, all the lads came into the dressing room to our young lads after the game and had a chat with them. Uh, you know, Experiences like that, that just money can't buy. Joe Canning spent a week with them at Eastgate when they were kids, a full week of coaching. Joe came to uh, Longford last night to speak to the boys. He now lives in Limerick and he obviously had an, enough of fondness for those kids that he came to give them a talk last night, only last night in, in, before our game with GMIT.
0: You are clearly a very passionate hurling man, Michael, and the people you work with around you are as well. Uh, I suppose you're seen as a bit of a, maybe a maverick in Sligo GA circles, and I'm sure that leads to occasional frank discussions, confrontations, but, but you make no apology for that, because you, 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 you saw potential with hurling in Sligo. Am I right to say that? You're 100% correct, and I have no apologies to make to nobody. And, um,
1: because if you, you know, if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. That's as simple as that. And Only a fool would wish for a different outcome. Uh, we have changed it up, there's no doubt about that. I, nobody could say to me about um, being a uh, diehard hurling. Mikey plays football for Sligo, Jimmy plays hurling for Sligo. I'm very proud of the both of them. I'm very proud of that fact. I'm a big, dual mantra man. This is where I'm coming from with this. And I just feel that for nothing changed in the structure, structurally for too long in Sligo, and now it's starting to change, thank God,
0: but we need to push this agenda a lot further on down the track. What does it mean to you and to people from (coughs) Key to see the club team in an All-Ireland hurling final at Crow Park? Well, again, Austin, if I
1: have to say to you, to me personally, I think the fact that those lads are now going to go out and play in an All-Ireland club hurling final three years after having gone out and played in an All-Ireland club football final that's that's to me is is what I'm about and what I'm after and what I'm looking for and I think that brings the point home to roost that it can be done and it is being done and we must continue to further advance this in all the clubs in Sligo. When we go to Crow Park on Saturday playing an All Ireland Club hurling final, we're not just representing the people of East and St Fernandes, We're representing the people of all of Sligo. We're very proud to do that. We're very proud to work with Sligo hurling and with Sligo football and with all the officials that there. And of course, we feel that our voice also deserves to be listened to.
0: Did you target this championship run? Or was it just about, let's win Sligo and then we'll see what happens? No, there,
1: there, there was a plan in place, Alston, yes. Um, because, you know, the boys themselves, they're young men now. I sometimes reference them as boys and excuse me for that, because I sometimes forget. Of course, when you've worked with a group of lads all the way up from when they were kids, you, you still sometimes speak that way. But no, these guys are very responsible young men and when I seen 15 of them, including the injured James we are spending the whole year with Corrieg Mannion and the Sligo Hurling set up and having the discipline to do that and to play at a very high level of Division 2 Hurling, getting to a Division 2 Hurling final with Sligo and staying competitive in the Christie ring and maintaining their status in the Christie ring. And I think we had 10 starters on that team. so. When they came back from that run, we stood off it. We let them, and then Mikey and Ian Barrett and Shane Malloy came back from the very successful run that Shane had with the like, on the 20s So we stood off it completely So said, give these boys the rest now. We had a very good coach there in Brian Healy from Ballygar, And um, so we, we stood the whole thing down for a while because to let the football progress, to see where that went, and not to flog them. And then we picked it back up again mid-August, early September, and to keep the other lads going during the summer, we found this new Cucullin League that Martin Fogarty had introduced to be of great value so
0: that other lads were getting game time during the week, yeah. <coughs> to you there, Michael, that, sounds, that, that flies in the face of maybe some misconceptions that there's a constant battle between Hurling and Sligo. And I know there's always going to be, you know, difficulties in terms of scheduling and whatever, but... What, what, what does occur to me is that there probably was a time not that long ago where Sligo people mightn't have been able to name too many county Sligo hurlers. They can now. If I say Andy Cullin, people know exactly who we're talking about. If we mention James Ware, people know exactly who we're talking about. Rory McHugh, Mikey Gordon, etc. Et, et, et That's part of the sea change. Yeah, well, I suppose there's, there's two
1: different uh, questions there as such. If, if addressing the first one in relation to um, be constantly being at battle, I've always said that there is, I would equate this to a husband and wife type situation where you have two professionals in the house and they're both determined that they're going to maintain their professions and at the same time raise their family. So obviously they have to work it out. And the same thing with the hurling and the football. I think where the hurling and the football is sitting side by side in the club is very, very extremely healthy because it keeps everybody on their toes. You have to work together, and you have to work it out. And, you, and it can be done, and we do it. The first thing i done when I took back over in charge this year, the hurling, was I went and I visited the manager of the football, Eamon Sweeney, who would also be a personal friend of mine, and I sat down with him and I told him that we just work out everything, that there'd be no problems, and whenever he was doing football, we wouldn't be doing hurling and vice versa. And um, so it's, it's very doable. It's just a matter of people sitting down with each other and figuring things out. And yes, of course... Um, in relation to the lads themselves now, yes, they are making a name for themselves nationally because, as I said, outstanding the likes of Joe McHugh, Rory McHugh, Andy, all these lads, Mikey, whoever. Um, too many to mention, actually. James Weir, um, Finney and Cawley, outstanding leaders. Um, yes, every time they go out to play, they're gaining more and more of a fan base because people can see exactly
0: what these guys are about and that they're not one-time wonders. Yeah. So East Key and St Farland are the proof that football and hurling can be a happy marriage? Sure, once you go down
1: the country, Austin, if you go down down anywhere down past Galway and even inside Galway, it's the norm. It's the, it's the absolute norm. Like That team that we're playing on Saturday week from Cork, Bally Giblin, every single one of those players are dual players. They play their football with Mitchelstown and they play their hurling with Bally Giblin. I thought it was a half parish or something, but I was to find out from a Corkman that it's actually not. It's just... They operated Bally Giblin for Hurling and Mitchell's on football and they all played the both.
0: Well, let's talk about this final. <coughs> the Sligo champions playing the Cork champions. There are Sligo people telling me this week that if you look at the odds for this game, it's a one-horse race. When people outside of the club hurling bubble see Cork champions against the Sligo champions in Hurling at Croke Park, a foregone conclusion. When you hear that sort of commentary, do you get annoyed or do you just let it wash over your head? but well, for a start, of, I, I don't get annoyed.
1: I, I get the opposite. I get happy. Because I'm a realist as well, and I always say to anybody, including all the lads, that in order to be recognised, you have to do it. You have to actually go and do it. And on Saturday week, we're under no illusions. We have to go and do it. No good in talking about it, or no good in saying, how oh, we're the small boys. We're not. We know. We have every confidence in our own ability. We believe totally in our system, we know that when the boys, when the, those lads go onto the field in Crowe Park Saturday week, we know that they have been excellently prepared and that they have been prepared equally as good, if not better, than what any opposition that they be playing because we don't spare anything in preparation and we have got very, very good people involved in the coaching. Um, I have no control over the bookies, but in the fairness to the bookies, in order for us to be the favourites sometime down in the future, we have to go and do the
0: business on Saturday week, which we absolutely intend to do. Sligo's Connacht hurling league match against Roscommon on a Monday night. So, a Sligo starting fifteen made up entirely of Easkey and St Farnan's players. That was an arrangement between the Sligo management and yourselves to give you your guys a meaningful workout ahead of the All Ireland club final. I am sure there was a collective gasp among some Easkey supporters when Andy Kilcullen, one of your marquee players, went off injured. What is the latest on his injury? Yeah, well,
1: I mean, Andy was carrying a slight injury into that match, and. Um, he, he didn't do any damage on, on Monday night. He We took him off at half-time because we felt he'd done enough and to basically give somebody else a chance and to you know leave him in the best shape for the for the final. Andrew is fine. Andrew will be on his game on Saturday week, so there's no problems there. And yeah, we had a very good workout against Roscommon, very worthwhile, in a fantastic facility that is the uh, the dome in, in Valley Hornets, yeah. Does he prefer
0: Andy or Andrew?
1: <laughs> a Good question, but I, I suppose I would normally refer to him as Andy, and he hasn't barked back at me yet anyway, so I think he'd be happy enough with Andrew or Andy. Yeah. I don't think he has too much of a preference, I don't know.
0: <laughs> what impresses
1: you most about this collection of players that you have? Um, uh, them their leadership qualities. I mean, there's so many leaders inside that group. They're such a serious bunch of young men. Uh, I have to say, and I say to these lads, like, this is something that I say to themselves quite regular in the dressing room, that they will never be, and I believe this a hundred percent, they will never be alongside a finer group of young men than what they are themselves. They are a fabulous bunch. They have excelled in their professional lives, in their personal lives, and in their sporting lives. These it's just we were we are lucky. We just got a really talented, exceptional bunch of lads coming through together at the one age, with the oldest lad being 26 and the youngest being 21 So, you know, over a five-year span, these lads are coming through.
0: So they're basically all going up together. And you touched on some of the sacrifices these players have made to be part of Iskey as well as Sligo. You mentioned James Weir. I remember him captaining Sligo at Crow Park a few seasons back. He's had his troubles with injury, but he's worked hard, as so many other players have worked hard, to stay part of this. Give us a few examples of that.
1: Ah oh, yeah, well, look, obviously, unfortunately, in sport, it does carry its risks as well. But as I says to some other reporter the other day, injuries are part and parcel of life in general, from a work point of view, from a social point of view, whatever, and you have to work your way back. James spent a long, hard—I think it was thirteen or fourteen months—rehabbing from cruciate. Um. At the moment, we have uh, Daniel Ralston out, and that was didn't happen in sport. He was in a, in a car incident, and um he's out at the moment but thanks be to god he got through that um and he's working very hard already I see Daniel was there last night and he's he's out and about on on his crutches he's had his cast removed so he's working back to his health but no the sacrifices that these lads put in I I see the the um the S&C work that they do um you know on their own I I think some of these lads I see our own Mikey there for example and Jimmy and they're they're it out pretty much every day they constantly working on having to live a lifestyle that, you know, keeps them in that shape as well. They have to watch what they eat and drink and everything. But they do. This is what I'm saying to you about these boys. They're so disciplined and they're, 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 they're focused. They're so focused on what they're doing that uh, it actually needs our job quite easy from that point of view.
0: East Key's footballers reached a Crow Park all Island final a few seasons ago. Now East Key's hurlers are doing the same. There aren't too many clubs in any county in any province in ireland who can lay claim to that sort of national experience it's something we're very very proud of austin obviously
1: we're extremely proud of that and we're also extremely proud of the fact that there's so many of the same lads involved in both i think i counted up 15 of the panelists going there on saturday was there three years ago with the football and that's that's fantastic i mean you know we're i can't really put even put words on it because it is a huge achievement and particularly for we say what you might deem to be a very rural area. And um, and that so it, it means everything to us, and it, I hope it means everything to Sligo G.A. as well. And I hope a t- I really genuinely hope that it's a template for other clubs to follow, because I, I fervently believe that we are on the right path with the dual mandate.
0: And when you're in the Cusick stand dressing room, finally on Saturday, at about a quarter to five before the players run out onto the park, do you know what you're going to say to them to finish i i do Alston. i i will be telling them
1: about the land of heart's desire that's liable yeah